Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Style and Vibes podcast with yours truly, Michaela. In today's episode, we are deep diving a recent article uh, written in fashion magazine, The Cut, uh, which is a subsidiary of The New Yorker about Pierre Moss entitled The Promise of Pierre Moss by Tahira Hairston. The article references Pierre Moss's founder, Kirby Jean Raymond, his heroic rise and shortcomings as a business person. Uh, today, I am joined by Keishelle Williams, who is an award-winning Trinidadian American editor, writer, and book critic. Her work can be found on publications in the U.S. and the Caribbean and in Europe. She has contributed her writing to publications such as The Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, BET.com, CR Fashion Book, NPR, and the Business Insider. Welcome, Keishelle. Your family, so I saw it go. <laughs> Hi, Michaela. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, <laughs> longtime fan, as you know. Very happy to be here to have this conversation. Um, I, so you're, you're my go-to fashion person. So you've had your own line, which I've seen some of your amazing work. And now you're a writer and you've done so much in the space that I, I had to reach out to you. You kind of shared this article on LinkedIn as well and kind of put your opinion. So I wanted to hear your, your initial thoughts about the article itself. Yeah, um, I saw it, read it. It's a very long article, um, but I really had to to go through this article and see what it is they were talking about specifically. And I really liked it a lot. I thought the author did such a good job deep diving. Um, and, you know, as you all know as well, I have a background in journalism as well. And I really appreciated the interviews that the author did. I really appreciated getting both sides of the story. Um, the story is about uh, Pierre Morse, the brand. And the author was able to get comments from Kirby as well. And um, my biggest reaction to it is I liked it because it exposed, you know, the fashion milieu as being for two kinds of designers. The ones that take the job seriously and the ones who may not necessarily understand why they're there. And it, it really had some hard hitting points about the brand owner and where he started and where people thought he was going and where he ended up. And the biggest thing for me, when I shouldn't say the biggest, but like one of the things that made me perk up is when I read that the brand, you know, went to Weeksville Center for a show and tried to sell $300 hoodies reading Weeksville, New York. I'm from Weeksville. So I was pretty appalled that, you know, this major designer would do something like that. You know, who would go to a nonprofit center and try to sell a hoodie for $300? So even that in itself was um, a kind of aha moment when thinking about a brand and thinking about the fashion designer and where their head is at when they're, you know, putting forward their brand or their work to the world. Um I also pulled out piece of the article that I thought was really the thesis, you know, the main point that stood out to me. And it says, his brand is nearly non-existent. There's no PMOS boutique. 
the clothing celebrated on the runway was mostly not available to anyone who didn't have a celebrity stylist to pull it for them. And the company insiders complained that quality control was so uneven that at times what was produced was too flawed to be sold, end quote. Everything else in the article was gravy, but I think this was like the main entree. And the article itself really highlighted exactly what was wrong. Pierre Moss, as a brand, is not a business. Fashion is a product-driven business, and you create a fashion brand to create products to sell. If you don't have products or you can't sell what you have, then technically you're not a business. Mm-hmm. All valid. Those are all interesting points. I think that even the meat of that quote that you shared, it wasn't until I kind of reread it that 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 felt like what the um the purpose of the article was. Do you think that as a black designer, he had this heroic rise, mm-hmm. right? Um, in terms of how people saw his creativity Mm -hmm. and a lot of times the creativity and the business acumen they aren't the same and him getting into the business aspect rather quickly because of the influx of investment that he received um due to his heroic rise like this is your the potential of what could happen if you're not about your business right because I think there were a few other brands that were mentioned, but to this degree, I don't think I have seen an article about a Black designer. Only one comes to mind, and it was more or less about the fashion show execution, not necessarily the business of the the brand. Um but to me, this has been one of the first, especially for a Black designer, to mm-hmm. to have an expose like this. And I think it also hit because he was so beloved by not just the culture, but the industry itself. But it almost felt like the same people that praised him and praised his work along the way are now the same ones who are like, well, he doesn't have anything to offer. How do you think he comes back from that? Well, oh, you said a mouthful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned a few things. So, all right, let's start with how does he come back from that? Um, I gave this some thought. Like you did mention at the top of this um, conversation that I do have a background in fashion as well. And my desire in the fashion industry might be a bit different from Kirby's. So it might be a bit difficult to give advice about how I think he should move forward. Um, I do remember that in the article, it was said that he mostly refers to his brand as an art project. And perhaps to him, that's what it is. And in that case, what would he want to bounce back to? Um, He can restructure what's left of his business and make it try to reflect the fact that he thinks of it as an art project. Um, People won't expect to get products from him and, you know, they will get wonderful shows, they will get performances with a message and he can overall like sell experiences. But from a business perspective, just in general, I think all brands, even 
you know, by, by designers of colors, they should think about what they really want out of the industry. Why did you start your brand? To make money, to make noise, to make people feel something? I mean, there really isn't a right answer. There's just an answer for what you as a designer want to gain from this. And in his case, you did mention that, yeah, it seems like the people who were praising him and lifting him up are the ones who are pointing things out in a negative light. That's the art world in general. Um, I, I don't even see that as a, oh, how could they do this? Because when you go into the creative space, don't think about it as people owe you anything. And funny enough, you talk about this, I think it was like three weeks ago or about a month ago, I was talking to a designer and an advice she was giving me, she's a luxury designer, actually also from the Caribbean. And she said, nobody's your friend, point blank. Nobody's your friend. You know, you come in the space, you come to do business, you network, people will lift you up, people will say great things about you. But if you're not providing what you say you would provide, they will quickly turn on you. And in this case, I believe the reason why people lifted him up so much, they had high hopes for him and they believed that he could provide um, something in the industry in addition to his messages, he could have probably done that through his products. And at least what I noticed in the article, they're not knocking his messages or knocking the contribution he made um, to the fashion industry representing Black culture or speaking out on social injustices and things like that. That's not the issue. I think the problem is that he is on this platform and I guess calling himself a fashion designer, but he doesn't sell products. And that's the point. You create this business to sell products. Um, and if you don't have anything to sell, then maybe you should restructure the brand to reflect that. And people won't expect to buy anything that they see you put out there maybe like you know an art gallery you, you go and you view the pieces and you enjoy the pieces but you walk out there knowing I'm not necessarily going to take the piece or like you know at a museum or something but I am going to enjoy this thing perhaps that's what his business model is is that even a business model <laughs> that you see because I, I mean even the idea of being an art project right art still sells <laughs> They sell one-off pieces. And if that is his intent, you know, they don't mass produce things. Um, so for me, I think there is this expectation that he would have mass production around some of the pieces you saw on the runway. But in his mind, these are like unique pieces. Or I think what the article is really alluding to is although he perceptually um, talks about the brand as an art project, there were actions to ensue that he wanted to make mass production and failed at it. And then is now doubling back on the idea of being an art project. 
because he wasn't able to fulfill certain lines of order. So I think that that's really what the article is really saying. But at the same time, I, I don't think that this is a unique issue to him or his brand. I think that this is an issue for fashion as a whole. What a lot of people don't understand is many of the successful fashion brands that you see are successful because they have a certain level of investment. They are part of a conglomerate of brands where they can mass produce certain things and then have special pieces and they have the longevity and black designers just have never had that level of support either from a mass perspective or just an artistic perspective and the fashion industry seemed to support his creative artistic direction especially at a time where it was deemed cool to do mm-hmm. so right and he took advantage of whatever opportunity that presented itself this is kind of why i wanted to talk about it cuz there's just so many levels and layers to being um, in yeah and you know it's not just designers of color i mean this particular article you know specified kirby specified pierre moss but when i first read it the other brand i thought about was that posen um not in the same vein as Mm -hmm. a brand spending more time creating messages than tending the business side but more so about a brand that got caught up in the hype, like the love from celebrities, media, fashion elites, et cetera, um, completely forgetting that this is also a business. You know, only a small part of owning a fashion company is the show. The rest of it is a business. And for Zach Posen himself, he had to end up closing his namesake brand in 2019 primarily because his backers lost faith in him and the company. They had money, but he was someone who was producing, you know, like these beautiful red carpet ready gongs, but he didn't really make a lot of practical business decisions. And I remember even reading up a piece by Vanessa Friedman at the New York Times when they were talking about the the closing down of his business as well. And she said something to the effect of, um, you know, he felt at home at the red carpet. I think it was the red carpet was his happy place or something like that, but it was also his distraction. And when I read about Pierre Moss, that came to my mind primarily because deep, at least I think coming on to the end of the article itself, it talked about the designer himself and how he presented himself in the industry. And he seemed to be about the hype, but a lot of designers, a lot of young designers especially, they go into the industry believing the hype and not realizing, going back to what I've been saying from Jump, that this is a business. And that's where a lot of them go wrong. And a lot of us, people of color, designers of color, you mentioned it, we don't have financial backing like that. It's very difficult for us to go out there and, you know, get major loans or get people to just give us money. We don't have, um, you know, rich parents. Like I was researching some bigger brands that I love 
And then come to find out when they get their startup money, it's either a rich husband gave them some money or some father gave them some money or divorce give them some money. And I'm like, oh, well, you're nothing like me. I mean, you're successful, but technically you're not like me because you're not starting off where I'm starting off and I'm starting off with nothing. And most of us were starting off with nothing. And I think in that case, especially if we're talking about designers of color, knowing that we're starting off with nothing, it's imperative to try to ask yourself, why are you getting into the industry in the first place? If you're getting in the industry to become a business, you think like a business person. First, you think like an activist, a warrior, maybe second, primarily because you can have all these great messages, but if you're not making money, you're not a business. You're not, you're not doing a justice to yourself. And as I said, primarily because we're coming from behind. We don't have that cushion to, you know fail and and do it again and and somebody some father big father will bring us money and do this and that um we have to think about the steps we're making in this industry to make sure we're successful as a business do you think that the idea of being black and excellent hinders whoever's next like i feel like that in general the idea around black excellence as a whole because it doesn't allow for mediocre greatness and it's this added pressure of needing to deliver so does this article add pressure to designers of color or does it put them on guard does it put a target on our back coming into the industry i think it does add pressure and I don't know about the target part, but um, the section that spoke about the amount of money that he received um, from one of the big conglomerates as well. Mm-hmm. And also that had me thinking like, oh, but these people want to invest in other black designers now because they believe that um, the investment would be wasted. I don't know. That's like a big question to ask, but you are right. Like, because he is so big and this article, you know, exposed so much, people will be looking at, you know, designers of color as, you know, do they even want to be in this business? Um, the part you said about that pressure, that is big. And I am not saying this is, you know, Kirby's what he was dealing with or what he is dealing with. But I do know by having conversations with other designers and even myself, sometimes you do feel that pressure to want to be the designer that's making statements because you're black in this case, right? In America here, a few years ago especially we see that fashion brands are really jumping on the making statement bandwagon you know everybody's making a statement especially if there's a new killing or or some sort of injustice there's a new statement to be made and then when you look at black designers it's like you expect them to make some sort of a statement now they have this pressure 
to perform. And, you know, even as I'm saying it there, that in itself is a terrible thing because it's like an expectation. Black people are always expected to perform in some way or the other. And in the fashion industry, it's the same way. They expect us to go out there and not just make clothes, but make clothes well and um, make sure what clothes are making statements and make sure we're representing for this group of people and make sure when we collaborate or partner with the big brands or the big department stores or something like that, we're partnering with them in a way to highlight our community. And it's, it's a whole thing about being excellent and being black and trying your best to do everything at once and not just going out there and breed and create in your own way under your own terms and that's something that possibly happened with Kirby um he did do these great things and as you said people rushed it the media rushed it celebrities rushed it and now he's expected to continue doing great things but I don't know what kind of support did he have behind the scenes to help him continue doing these great things I'm not sure. Yeah. What what are your hopes for for his brand going forward? Um the article itself I believe it shouldn't be seen as something that's scary for other designers of color. I think that from this article designers of color especially should think about how they can merge their passion with the business and if your passion is creating art or you know being a service driven um brand or activist brand or social justice brand how can i use that opportunity to also create a strong business for myself and also this article should be able to make people think twice about whether or not they're doing things to make waves or you know just get clout in the media I'm not saying that's what Kirby did I'm just saying in general people should think about why they're making moves because if you're not paying attention to your purse, then your business will fail. And, you know, now you've invested whatever money. And again, back to us, not necessarily coming from wealthy backgrounds. So we're pretty much putting in, putting in all that we have. We want this to be successful. Um, I think for his brand now, I want him to be able to, create a brand that he wants out there, not necessarily what people expect from him. Um, he might be happier. Um, you know, as I said, I guess earlier in the conversation, if he wants to do it as an art project and that's what makes him happy, that's what he should do. Uh, he shouldn't try to create something because someone expects this from him. And the thing about people, individuals, and even your business, 
it grows and it changes. And maybe you wanted to do this 10 years ago, but now I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I have the right to change my mind and I should be allowed to pivot into doing something else that would make me happy and would represent me as a person and represent the brand that I am trying to create. So I really wish that he's able to do that and, you know, not even get defensive over this article, but probably be like, well, you know what? Maybe this is how I started, but this is not what I want to do anymore. This is how I'm going to pivot my brand. Maybe you'll just get special one-off pieces. Maybe you're not going to get anything. I'm just going to show you stuff and you're not getting anything. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you, this is what I'm doing. And either you're with it or you're not with it. Yeah. No, I agree. I think he should be passionate about whatever is next for him. Yeah. That's what truly should come through in whatever he does next. Thank you so much, Kishel. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be back to talk about some other thing that's happening because there's always something happening with us. There's always <laughs> something happening with us. And with that, later, my peeps. <laughs> I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Style and Vibes podcast. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, share it with your friends and family. If you want more, make sure you visit stylingvibes.com and follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram at Style and Vibes. Until next time, Leah Tommy peeps.